Doctor's Kitchen. Recipes, health, lifestyle. And so if you've got a cold or in a head infection or a chest infection um, and you have a mixture of ginger and cinnamon and maybe turmeric as a hot drink, black pepper, take that as a drink when you're feeling cold, you can have an effect within seconds, seriously, effect in seconds. Welcome to the Doctor's Kitchen podcast. The show about food, lifestyle, medicine, and how to improve your health today. I'm Dr. Rupi, your host. I'm a medical doctor. I study nutrition and I'm a firm believer in the power of food and lifestyle as medicine. Join me and my expert guests where we discuss the multiple determinants of what allows you to lead your best life. Today, Simon Mills is back on the podcast. He's a complimentary health pioneer from the inception of the term in 1979 and later in the fields of integrated health and social prescription. And today, we are talking specifically about spices to get into your diet and why. We talk about turmeric and the potential mechanism of action in the gut, cayenne pepper, rosemary, sage, ginger, and many more. As well as if spices can be prebiotics and whether they have a role in preventing diabetes and dementia. Just a refresher, Simon graduated from the University of Cambridge with a degree in medical sciences and has been a herbal practitioner since 1977. In 2016, he was appointed as herbal strategist at Pucker Herbs, leading new initiatives, clinical research, and most recently reducing antibiotic demand, which is something that we touch on today as well. Remember, you can watch the podcast on YouTube on the Doctor's Kitchen channel. And then you can also subscribe to the Doctor's Kitchen Eat, Listen, Read newsletter every single week. I send you a recipe to eat, something to listen to, something to read, something to watch, something that is mindfully curated for your enjoyment and to help you have a healthier, happier week. Plus, if you want to take your health to the next level, download the Doctor's Kitchen app for free. There's a 14-day free trial. You can get it from the App Store and you can choose from a selection of hundreds of recipes that you can filter according to health goals. We have over 500 recipes and counting and lots of fantastic positive feedback. But for now, please enjoy my conversation with Simon Mills. Before we get started, here is a quick word from the people who make this podcast possible. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Simon, let's uh, let's get right into it. What are the benefits of turmeric for longevity, inflammation, and weight loss? Those are the three things that people always ask me about. So in whatever way you want to answer that, let's get stuck into the, the benefits of turmeric. Well, of the three, inflammation does seem to be the core. And we know that inflammation is the basis of pretty much every problem that goes on in the body. We think of inflammation as itis, you know, cystitis and bronchitis and so on. But we now understand inflammation is the basis for aging, for uh, cancer, for uh, chronic diseases of all sorts. So if we can find something that reduces the level of inflammation in the body, then we can start projecting it further forward. Now, we're talking about turmeric, and uh, turmeric is an extraordinary remedy. It's an extraordinary food. We all know it because we have it in our curry. It's that yellow stuff. And, you know, if there's a factory that's producing turmeric products, they have to have a separate annex because everyone goes in wearing spacesuit masks because they come out yellow. Right, you know, stains yeah, yeah. everything, and, you know, you don't want your white linen suit anywhere near it um so it's we all know because of the yellowness of it and we know it if anyone ever has been to asia uh, we know that they have it all day and every day you know from breakfast through to dinner as as part of their spice rich foods so it's probably the i would think of it as the queen of the spices um it's it's the one that probably has the most uh, research around it is the most puzzling um, but I think there's also a very exciting prospect emerging so turmeric is something that people eat in large quantities in Asia um, and uh, it's two to five grams a day by the average person living in India two to five, five grams. grams of wow. turmeric okay. every day so that's a a heap teaspoonful, mm. in effect. And if you compare with what we're eating, you know, unless we're really fond of our Indian, uh, nights out in the curry house, yeah. Uh, yeah. we probably don't get anywhere near that. And people worry about, well, can we have too much of it? That's the first answer. People do eat a lot of it. It's safe. Uh, but then uh, everyone then wor uh, worries about the fact that it contains curcumin and you find people selling supplements in turmeric that are high in curcumin that are that are powerful because they've got better absorbed curcumin. Uh, the difficulty is, is that curcumin does not get absorbed from the gut, from the digestive system, uh, 1%, 2% max. Uh, it's because it's a clumpy molecule. We call it a polyphenol. It's a sort of mo molecule getting all fruits and vegetables and vegetables. They're, they're one of the key ways in which they're healthy. Curcumin is one of those. It's a very important nutrient but it does not get into the tissues. So you can improve the absorption bit by mixing it with what people do is black pepper. Um, and so you, that's routinely done to improve the absorption. It maybe moves it from one and a half to 3% absorption, you know, okay. so it doubles it, but it's still pretty small. Uh, almost certainly get the same benefit by mixing with ginger or with any other spice. And you get the mix, you get the theme here. Essentially, when you're having turmeric, you're not having it on its own. Mm. 
you're having it with all these other ones and with cumin and coriander and all the others. It's the mixture that seems to be the key. Uh, but that's still a puzzle. You're still only getting a very small part of curcumin into the body, which is probably just as well because it's not very safe in high quantities. Uh, if it was to be injected, for example, it could do you some harm. So there's a reason why nature does it that way. It keeps the curcumin in the gut, in the digestion. So the next question is, is it doing any good there? And the answer is absolutely. And the more we look at it, the more we realise that actually you don't need to absorb curcumin. You don't need to absorb turmeric. It's doing all the goodness in the gut. In the gut. Okay. Particularly with those bacteria, the healthy bacteria that live low down there. We call it the microbiome. Everyone's getting very excited about it because for very good reason, you know, we know that there's 10 times as many cells in the microbiome than there are in the rest of us, probably 100 times as many genes in there. So it's a very powerful part of us, but it's sort of in a way outside us. It's, it's, it's in its own compartment. So what we understand now is that the microbiome is talking to the rest of the body through the gut wall. And there's this conversation going on. The gut wall supports the microbiome. The microbiome, when it's well, produces products that then the gut wall uh, uh, makes the gut wall healthier, protects the gut wall integrity, uh, and then f feeds the rest of the body likewise. The thing about curcumin and these polyphenols, as I said, they're very large, clumpy molecules that can't get in through through the wall. What the microbiome does, which is really exciting, and this is for all the plant polyphenols, is it breaks them up into small molecules. We call them phenols. If you want an example of a very well-known phenol, aspirin is a simple phenol, and we all know what that, how powerful that can be. What the microbiome does is it converts plant foods into lots of aspirin-like breakdown products, which easily move through the gut wall because they're small and they, they're they sort of hyperactive. They're like, you know, you know fast BMW type uh, actors there and move quickly through, the, through these tissues. And almost certainly the effects on the circulation and on inflammation is from these small molecules. But the other thing that the uh, the curcumin and the turmeric and particularly does we now have evidence for is that actually reduces other sources of inflammation that come from the food from the gut from the digestive system and most inflammation begins in the gut when you think about it because that's where all the foreign stuff comes in yeah so if we can find a way of reducing the inflammatory load shall we say the, the stuff that, the troublesome stuff that can come from the, our innards into the rest of the body, then we're beginning to start talking. Yeah. And so the clever thinking is that turmeric and indeed the other spices, because we now ginger and cinnamon, cumin, cardamom, uh, all seem to be working in the same way. They, they're like, they have these polyphenols, these phytonutrients in buckets, they're very high concentrated. So it looks as though they're, they're plants on steroids, so to speak, you know, they're really much more powerful. You only need small amounts to have the effect of a large meal, you know, so the spices can really add real value. And that turmeric is likely to work 
indirectly from its effects on the gut. So if we reduce inflammation, then other things follow. So you mentioned longevity. Well, yeah. clearly longevity is all about cell damage and tissue damage and breakdown of as the years roll by. Well, if you can reduce your inflammation, you increase the life of your tissues and the rest of you. Um, and almost, I mean, I, I want to keep eating spices. I'm already 103, as you can tell. So <laughs> I'm going to carry on eating spices just to keep going yeah. uh, because they are the most concentrated way in which you can sort of reduce some of these burdens, these problems. Just before we dive into um, some of the benefits of reducing inflammation a bit more, I think just to pause there for the listener or viewer, just to reiterate that when you consume something and you put something into your digestive tract, it's still technically outside your body even though it's inside your body if you see what i mean so it hasn't crossed that that uh, barrier into your bloodstream and so what your gut is doing is essentially being the the gatekeeper of what is allowed into your body into into your true body i.e., into your bloodstream um, and breaking it down appropriately as needed to, to facilitate that. Absolutely so. And just as well, isn't it? Uh, that yeah. We have that protection because, you know, we eat all sorts of stuff. <laughs> and if we didn't have a good digestive system, we'd blow up. Um, uh, there was a, a H.G. Wells, you know, the science fiction writer uh, who was a scientist before he, well, as well as writing books, he remarked that if he uh, fed his hamsters with egg they would be fine if he injected them with egg they'd die what was the difference it was the digestive system breaks down and makes safe a food which if it would it got into the bloodstream uh, would be dangerous yeah so protein if it got into the bloodstream you, it, the body would think it was an immune immune threat you know like giving the wrong blood transfusion mm. you know mm. so uh, the we depend on the digestion to, as you say, to keep the food on the outside until it's ready to be taken yeah. in. Yeah. And, it's, uh, and the what, microbiome is a large part of that, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. And what you mentioned, actually, about the absorbability of certain turmeric preparations, whether it's curcumin, certain curcuminoids, the whole turmeric itself, I actually didn't realise, A, how low the absorption is, and B, how low the absorption is still in absolute terms despite the addition of you know, black pepper yeah. or ginger or pepper and all. There, there, are, there are, there's some quite clever things. There's a, there's a product that has fenugreek, by the way, which ah, is a, which okay. another Indian. Yeah, we use that a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which uh, apparently brings curcumin over a bit more. Oh, wow. And there's high bioavailability to curcumin, my colleague, who's very keen on that, oh. um, to bump up the levels a bit. Uh, but he and I do agree that, you know, there's still a huge place for curcumin outside the body so to speak still in the digestive yeah. yeah 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 so that that's i think that would be my starting point mm -hmm. you know how can we improve the function of the gut and its protective benefits and then diabetes longevity you name it let's start the wall running uh, the other thing that i would add is i've already mentioned pepper and ginger and cayenne and cardamom they're all uh, hot spices. They have that bite to them, don't they? Uh, and there's a certain molecule attached to them. They're all slightly different, but they basically feel hot. Um, 
And the reason they work is because they're tickling your pain fibers. I mean, it's literally, that's what generates the heat. So these things, including turmeric, feel hot by tickling these fibers, mainly in the mouth and the throat and gullet. And what happens is you get a reflex increase in blood flow. So the feeling of heat is actually an illusion. You're not actually burning, you're just tickling those pain fibers. Of course, if you had a really powerful uh, spice, you know, chili, whatever, food of Indaloo or whatever, that does feel as though your head blowing off. Yeah. But in fact, it is illusion, nevertheless. Uh-huh. And what you're getting, and this is the important thing, you're getting this increased blood supply in the wall of the digestive system first, but then by reflex through the rest of the body. And we know that what that's doing is, is it's improving the way in which the blood vessels work which is another place of importance for all sorts of illnesses, conditions. Uh, So we can add that before it gets anywhere in the body, turmeric is already kicking off the blood supply Mm -hmm. simply because it's a spice like these other ones. And so concerns that people might have for particular supplements, so they have very uh, highly potent or purified forms of the chemicals that are perhaps in their phenolic form rather than the polyphenol form, i.e., you know, uh, the the more metabolized uh, versions. Are there any safety concerns for those kind of supplements versus the whole turmeric? Well, this is where we start getting more and more into the unknown. Uh-huh. You see, what I always answer is, what do people do? And what have they done for centuries or millennia in the case of spices? And that's where I start because we know where we are with that. If someone come, wakes up you know, one morning and says, ah, I've got a new technology here, I'm going to put some nanopharmacological, some microcapsules or whatever it is uh, into the system, that's bound to change it. Then immediately I start, well, hang on, that's not what we've done. So, and the more novel the intervention, the more unknown the consequences. And my instinct is always to go back to the oldest way of doing it if we can. And that's by taking it as food or as a concentrate at the best. You know, in India, they do use turmeric as a medicine. Yeah, yeah. And in terms of, so we've talked about inflammation, uh, the impact of turmeric being mainly mediated by the microbes that we find in our gut. we can, I can understand sort of the leap to longevity in terms of reduce, reducing inflammation, which is, you know, the foundation of a lot of conditions that I see as a, as a doctor in the NHS, whether it's blood pressure, whether it's uh, uh, the risk of cancer, et cetera. Um, what about weight loss? How, mm. how, might turmeric might, how might turmeric be helping with weight loss, is, is this something that you've come across? Or? Yes. and Well, um, again, again, take a step slightly back uh-huh. because weight loss is follows weight gain. And weight gain is often associated with what we call metabolic conditions or metabolic syndrome even. And that, as we know, unfortunately, can be a stepping stone towards prediabetes and diabetes. So if we can change the way in which the metabolism responds, for example, to having more carbs, more carbohydrates, if we could improve the, switch on the furnace a bit so that it burns up these things rather than lets them clog up the system, that would be a step towards improving the metabolism of these things. And the answer is that we got a, a lot of evidence. At Pucker, we've been working on a project 
to encourage people to increase their spice intake simply uh, to improve their uh, the the rest of their diet because we we, we know living in particularly in, in our times now it's very expensive to to have a fully healthy diet in the way that um, we would ideally want people to have um, so if they're having to cope with less ideal foods can we make them a bit better quality by adding the spices and the answer is yes there's a lot of evidence now building up that um, things like cinnamon and ginger um, nigella the uh, black seed uh, is another one that comes in fenugreek i've already mentioned has evidence of improving metabolic health the stepping stone to the conversion of carbs into fat so if you want weight loss we want to reverse that process and although there's no quick fix you know if i had a quick recipe for weight loss i mm. wouldn't be sitting here talking to you if you'd have to <laughs> video me in the bahamas somewhere <laughs> uh, that's still an illusion isn't it but to work on the processes that for many people seem to be stuck they diet they do this and the other but the weight is stubborn if we can nudge the metabolism so that it's burning up better and not laying down fat and not putting on weight then that is uh, the that's the clue and there is real evidence to show that the spices can do that can shift that metabolic control in terms of the quantity of spices that we should be um, getting into our diets every day from a collection of all you know the the variety of them that we have on our supermarket shelves or independence or whatever, what kind of quantities are we are we talking about? I mean, I have I have a ton of spices in my diet. You know, every meal I'm always getting different sort of spices in. But I'm a foodie. You know, I I love the flavour combinations and all that kind of stuff. I'm probably not your average person. So if I'm thinking about this purely from a functional lens, what is the general amount in teaspoons that I should be aiming for? Well, the evidence for the metabolic thing I was talking about earlier is in most cases sort of half a teaspoon a day is oh, that wow. sort of quantity. Wow. Uh, I actually nice. did an a, a infographic uh, with our Pucker campaign in which I put an ordinary, it was a, t a saucer, you mm. know, and a little teaspoon on it, and I just weighed up the quantities of the spices which had shown to have cl significant clinical effects uh -huh. in clinical trials, uh -huh. and they're little spots on the plate. And then I... I did the picture and I thought on its own that could have been a tablespoon and so, <laughs> yeah. so I got an apple and put it next to it as by contrast right and the apple is a giant yeah yeah. The, the spice piles are very small uh -huh. so it's not a huge quantity that you need wow. so I would say you know if you were to have two or three meals a day that were Middle Eastern Asian uh, with those lovely tasting aromatic spices you'd be well on the way. And then if you wanted to make sure, then you can buy supplements, sometimes concentrated supplements of things like turmeric and cinnamon and ginger in the capsule so you can just swallow them. And if it's a, if it's the straight herb concentrated, then no problems. Okay. Yeah. Brilliant. In terms of um, the preparations, just bringing it back to turmeric, uh, I'm always asked, you know, is there a difference, first of all, between the different preparations available for something like turmeric, powder, capsules, oils, shots, fresh or, or frozen or whatever? Um, and what would be 
the desired preparation to take every single day. Start again with what people do, yeah. and that's the powder uh, mixed in with the food. Um, dried turmeric is more concentrated than the fresh, so you've, if, with the fresh turmeric you've got slightly more subtle taste, but you also need more of it because it's, it hasn't been concentrated. Uh, it's an interesting notion that drying the plant was always the first step to making it a medicine. And the old word for a dried plant in Middle Europe was drogen. Dro- ah, okay. From whence we get the word drug. So right. those of us who still talk about herbs as medicines talk about those herbal drugs, and we're very proud of that name because that's exactly where it came from. So to make turmeric more medicinal, you should dry it just to get more bang for your buck, more concentration. Uh, oil is good because, again, that's what people do. They cook it in ghee and they, they, they turn it into an oil-based material, so that's still looking good. Uh, capsules can be a concentrated form of the extract, uh, and as long as no one's tinkered with it, you know, and, and, and try to do a laboratory conversion on any of it, it's still looking good. I mean, the, the thing about these things, turmeric especially, it's as tough as old boots. You know, it, it can take all sorts of handling. Okay, yeah. So it's, you know, the, look at the dose, the equivalent of its dose in dried form. And you're looking for one to three grams a day would be a good dose of the dried turmeric. Now, if it was the fresh one, you probably need to multiply that, you know, by two or three because the fresh is much more, uh, it's much less concentrated. Okay. Um, oils and other shots, uh, you just see, look at the label and see what the equivalent is in terms of the original dried turmeric. Okay, so a general conversion for dry versus fresh is two or three times, is that? Uh, in the case of a root, yes, yeah, probably around that. Yeah. If, if it's a fresh leaf or something, it's much more. Oh, okay. If, if you've ever collected uh, plants, you know, forage them and dry them down, you look, you've had a whole bag and it's concentrated down yeah, to a small, yeah, think, yeah. gosh, that's sort of a tenfold increase in yeah. concentration. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. like dried parsley or dried basil, yeah, it, you know, it, it, you're going to need a lot more. You'll need a lot more. Okay, yeah. versus so similar like ginger or... Yeah, the roots tend to be more concentrated to start with. Gotcha. In terms of when people are choosing a quality um, powdered form, uh, are there particular things that they should be, A, looking out for, and B, follow-up question, how often should you be changing up your spices? Is there a degradation uh, over, over time? Yeah, no, they do. As soon as you powder anything, it starts oxidizing, okay. starts losing its potency. Um, you know, you you do want the freshest possible source. Get the longest sell by if you're if you're uh, buying it in the in the supermarket. If you're ha- buying it loose, nose it. You know, it's the name we gave it. You know, mm. you nose it because you can tell if it's feeling fresh. If it's feeling if it smells a bit manky, as we used to say, um, <laughs> then you know, move on. Um, so the fresher it is, the better for sure. Uh-huh. Would you try not for like an independent seller when you go for your spices or a supermarket spices good enough? Uh, well, not necessarily the supermarket spices. You, know, you want a reliable brand and you want something that hasn't been sitting on the shelf for six months already. Okay. So you probably, to be fair, want to go to someone who's got a fairly high throughput. Yeah. Rather go to a, your little corner shop 
which has a turmeric that they bought in 2005 or something. You know? Yeah, yeah. You don't, you, you, you don't want anything that's been sitting around for too long. This is a, a common issue, I think, because a lot of people will, will buy turmeric, let's say, and it will sit at the back of the shelf because yeah. particularly if they don't, you know, cook curries or yeah. or any sort of uh, foods that have those exotic blends. So if people are thinking about investing in a good quality powdered herb or uh, root, um, how I mean, how often do you change up your spices? I mean, I use a, them up within a couple of months. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, same, <laughs> the same. Apply. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. No, seriously, <laughs> we've all got stuff, and I, I have stuff in my spice cupboard that, <laughs> frankly, I should keep clearing out because <laughs> if, if you're sitting there for a year or more, it's it's almost certainly lost much of its value. Okay, but again, knows it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if it's got a good fragrance, if it's got that nice clean aroma, it's probably okay. Especially the more. Uh, aromatic ones yeah um but you will be losing benefit over the months okay okay in that case would there be an argument to say look go for fresh where possible even though it's a little bit less convenient double up the quantities because that's going to be you know what you need for the equivalency of a powdered form um and do it that way if you can do that and be prepared to double up on the dose or more. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or grate it. You know, into uh, from from a root. Ginger works, as we know. Yeah. The fresh ginger is so much better than the dried stuff that we were brought up on. Yeah. 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 And the same with turmeric, but you do need more of it. Yeah. The other thing is the staining in your fingers. Although my mum, yeah. she gave me a white turmeric uh, oh, a few yeah. months ago. Yeah. Which I'd never come across before. Are there differences in well, the? Well, uh, uh, just check with your mum. I know we always have to be careful with that. <laughs> but uh, the thing about curcumin is it's yellow. Yeah. 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 So make sure that the white turmeric isn't curcumin free. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Uh, one of the thoughts I had, I didn't look into white turmeric actually, but it is becoming a lot more popular because of the fact that it doesn't stain your hands. But I wonder if there's a trade off. Mm for uh, the actual potency of the product. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm wondering about that. I think it's the same thing with garlic preparations. You know, the fact is that it's the smelly bit, which is actually the yeah. healthy bit. Yeah. And I think with uh, turmeric, it's the yellow bit, which is the bit that everyone understands. I mean, to be fair, everyone's focused on curcumin, yeah. but there's scores, literally, of other interesting-looking constituents of turmeric, which mm. we barely scratched mm. so the chances are that even with the Kirkman free one uh, there will be other um, ingredients and there was a paper written by an Indian scientist that looked at all the benefits of turmeric which were not due to Kirkman ah, okay. so the prospects are that there are benefits and this is the thing about plant um, medicines which is I lo- like so much you know it's not just one chemical a whole bunch of stuff and uh, we scratch the surface only. In terms of people who are taking um, a turmeric preparation a day, so let's say, so my, my, my dad grew up on a farm in Punjab and it's a very common um, drink to have in the morning powdered turmeric or fresh turmeric with a little bit of clarified butter and either mixed in uh, milk that's freshly prepared uh, and uh, produced that morning uh, or hot water um, 
And then they drink that every single day and then they go to the fields and work. And just before anyone decides to, you know, <laughs> try this, uh, you're just going to be aware that it's a very different lifestyle. It's not like they're drinking that and sat behind their office desk and typing away. They're going out and plowing fields. So like having that amount of energy that you're going to get from clarified butter and all the rest of it is going to be rapidly used up in the, in the, in the morning. Um, but it's true, isn't it, that we've got so averse to having fat, whereas our predecessors ate fat in vast quantities, same in this country. Yeah. Everyone ate lard and butter in vast mm. quantities. So, yeah, as you say, it's the physical lifestyle. Yeah. The other thing is, you know, if you've got turmeric shake on your desk, don't, for heaven's sake, spill it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you don't want to be doing that. But they, they, they would have this, this drink every morning or whatever and, um, you know, plenty of benefits and stuff. Um, obviously, obviously some trade-offs. If someone was to try and do a similar drink, let's put, let's just say turmeric powdered with hot water every single day, yeah. are there particular benefits that they would accrue over thirty or sixty days that they could actually uh, feel mm. uh, intuitively? Mm. Are there sort of expectations that you might have? More than that, um, I mean, the, uh, what I get to most excited about in my practice I'm a purple practitioner is what happens overnight with my remedy so my standard advice to my patients who are seen for the first time is call me tomorrow because I'm not one of those people who says take this for six months and call in you know something may happen I'm looking for short-term changes and the spices definitely can deliver short-term changes and it could be simply as what happened when you go to the loo next because sometimes they change the 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 constituents of the stool that comes through. Um, another thing about turmeric, which is one of its really interesting things for me, is that it actually connects with the liver and helps the liver to produce a cleaner, sweeter bile. Now, that's what one of the things the liver does. It produces bile as part of the uh, helping to digest fats you know, um, and also to help with digestion generally. And bile is yellow itself. Um, and sometimes when we're looking at a long-term chronic problem, we can see that the liver is some way involved in this because it's in the center of almost everything that goes on in the body. And it's showing its unhappiness. It can't eat too many fats. It doesn't like alcohol. There's all sorts of other things. You feel slightly nauseous. Or, uh, the, uh, oh, the other thing about bile is that it's a laxative. And so someone is constipated and so on. Can, uh, this is a trick that we know in our trade. Uh, you can take all the fibre you like and it's still not working. One of the mechanisms might be that the liver's producing the wrong sort of bile. So you're not having that loosening effect. So if that was the case, you know, they could simply report that the next morning I went to the toilet for the first time better than I had. And by the way, it was yellow, you know, and, and you can immediately see changes um, uh, happening uh literally overnight uh and the same with things i mean i mentioned that these are heating things and they warm you up well that's within seconds um and so if you've got a cold or in a head infection or a chest infection um and you have a mixture of ginger and cinnamon and maybe turmeric as a hot drink black pepper take that as a drink uh when you're feeling cold you can have an effect within seconds, mm, seriously, yeah. mm. effect in seconds. So no, let's not wait around. Yeah, yeah. I definitely have a holiday tea. And as uh, one of my um, 
go-tos whenever I've got like a viral illness or something. And I, I definitely feel the effects. Um, on the subject of the uh, bile, I wonder, are there studies looking at the impact of turmeric uh, taken daily and the impact on digestion or the impact on constipation that you're aware of? Or the, is this mainly from sort of practice over it, many decades? The, the bile uh, science is pretty uh, bleak. There's not much okay. work going on. It seems to be a latecomer Cinderella in the party, so to speak. But we know that bile is a major factor in digestive diseases. Bowel inflammation, irritable bowel itself can be uh, the wrong sort of bile being irritating. It can, if, if, you, if the liver's producing the wrong stuff in the bile, it can upset your bowel and make it more crampy, more bloaty. It can be the source of gas and so on. Uh, so there's all sorts of ways in which you can point the finger upstream uh, to the bile and the liver. But, you know, it's the effect of taking some of the remedies that work at that level and their effect on the gut. Yeah. That That's your answer um, to, the, to your question. Um, can you see an effect... Is do you see that change in the bowel? That's usually good enough. Yeah, for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of um, the, pre you mentioned earlier uh, the the effect of turmeric on the microbes in the gut, and we we were talking a bit about the microbiota there. Turmeric has a prebiotic effect, right? Yes. Can we talk a bit more about what a prebiotic is? Yes. And what that prebiotic effect actually manifest as this is a really fascinating bit because there are things that are confusing names you have probiotics mm -hmm. you have prebiotics probiotics are yogurts and things that uh, you add living bacteria in the hope that some of it gets through the stomach and onto the other side and there's a quite a growing bit of evidence and a lot of it is not supported uh, because the stomach's job is to sterilize so you know there's a there's an uphill struggle for something that's living to be swallowed but some of it gets through and there is some evidence so the probiotic is the living thing and you think of it like adding seed to the if we think of the microbiome as a garden, a living organism, which it is, uh, and it's, think of it as like the soil. So you add seed, that's the probiotics, the yogurts, the fermented foods and the supplements. Um, prebiotics are the equivalent of the soil itself. You know, they are the, um, the, that's the material on which the living organisms in your gut thrive on. And prebiotics essentially are vegetables and cereals, um, plants. They are the ones, fibre-rich plants are your main prebiotics. So root vegetables are well-known. Some of the seeds, some of the cereals, uh, a muesli is full of uh, prebiotics. Turmeric and I mentioned these polyphenols, the, the, the key ingredients in, in plants, are themselves prebiotics. And some of the most exciting work on turmeric is its prebiotic effects, and the same with cinnamon and ginger. So they, those constituents do seem to feed the microbiome. But here's the really interesting bit, because there's another category. We've talked about probiotics, prebiotics. We now talk about postbiotics. Mm. And those are what happens when the microbiome has had its uh, effects. It produces these, we talked about them before, some of these more active constituents. It's an 
that 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 they're actually a consequence of the microbiome. So they're after digestion, postbiotics, and we understand that polyphenols generally from plants, but also spices, particularly turmeric, are likely to engage in this conversation that goes on down there between our healthy bacteria and our gut wall and the rest of us. And they engage in what we call crosstalk between these players. And that is a postbiotic effect. And that's where the smart thinking is now moving. So we've got prebiotics, probiotics, postbiotics, and it looks as though the spices are postbiotics. Yeah, that's super interesting. And it, I, I guess it begs the question to me, in the same way we're seeing how some people can extract more readily the benefits of certain pharmaceuticals if they have a well-functioning gut microbiota, I wonder if the same would be for somebody taking uh, spices. Is a person who has a healthy microbiota, i.e. a rich, diverse uh, selection of bacteria, fungi, nematodes, viruses down there in their gut, are going to have more benefits for taking turmeric versus yeah. somebody else who That's is a perhaps really dysbiotic? That's a question, yeah. There was a paper just published just the other day which looked at the microbiome of hunter-gatherers mm. and... Um, uh, farmers and Californians. Okay. <laughs> and you wouldn't be too surprised to know that the Californians had the least number yeah. diversity of organisms living in their gut. Uh, the, the Nepalese farmers had about twice as many uh-huh. uh, microbiomes, but the hunter-gatherers still living in yeah. the very ancient way of living had twice as many again. Wow. Uh, so we've lost a lot of diversity through simply modern life. Interestingly, the microbiome of the Californians had become adapted to deal with what we call oxidative stress, in other words, inflammation. So it's almost as though our microbiome had changed to adapt to the mad world that we live in. And as I said to my colleague, what we now need is microbiomes to adapt to eat microparticles of plastic. (laughs) That's what we want. We want our microbiome to be intelligent and to start adapting to save us from all this world. (laughs) Um, But yeah, Loss of diversity is probably one of the most insidious problems we have in the modern world because you're right, the microbiome, the healthy microbiome is the one that's the most diverse. And I had a presentation which is called Rewilding Our Inner Garden, which is about looking for ways of making that diversity, increasing that diversity. I love that term, rewilding. Yeah. Fascinating. It's, and I, I actually put up turmeric as the, one of the star players in that because I think that the promise is that an Asian diet with lots of these spices is actually going to build a microbiome against all those consequences. Uh, one of the, uh, I'm at a conference here um, and I'm talking about antibiotic resistance. Mm. Uh, and we know all the problems about too many antibiotics and so on and losing their effect and so on. But one of the obvious problems with antibiotics is that they deplete your microbiome. So if we can find ways of reducing our need for antibiotics, that's another way of reducing that mm. depletion. Yeah, that burden, absolutely. And I guess we've had a, a, a bunch of infectious disease consultants talking about the negative impact of antimicrobials, not even ones that we're taking, but just consuming as a result of our food system, what we're the exposed animals, to. Uh, the antibiotics that animals get fed and so on, yeah. Yeah, exactly, and our waterways and stuff. So it's kind of scary times, but interesting to know that we can potentially improve 
the rewilding of our microbiota with with these different spices. And I guess you know the last time we talked about a year ago, you were on a mission to add spices to sort of you know, the eat well plates or the pyramids or whatever they're called around the world these days in, as, a, as a way of improving people's nutrient density in a cheaper, effective, affordable yeah. manner. What, where are you on, that, on the stage? We're just, we've been kicking off with the political consultants. We're looking okay. at how to make the changes we need. We're, we're producing what we call, a, we, you know, you hear white papers, which are sort of yeah. policy papers. We're producing a rainbow paper, okay. which, uh, <laughs> yeah. which, which actually puts out all the evidence I was talking about. Yeah. And it's all about metabolic health, actually, the evidence. So yeah. that's diabetes and other weight and other things seems to be where things are going. Yeah. And, you know, we actually put together a list of uh, some images of meals for less than a pound, oh, right. which could be transformed by just adding one of the other of the spices gotcha. make it more tasty yeah but also likely more yeah. healthy as well so we're sort of putting the pieces together so that it, mm. we can begin to persuade people this is a cheap yeah and be effective yeah. way of improving what goes on down there yeah yeah mm. and i guess you know before people start running out and buying as many different versions of turmeric they can get their hands on you just type in turmeric uh into internet, into Google or on YouTube, or whatever you look at uh, various videos, and you'll see all these different claims, these different benefits about how it's going to improve brain health and erectile dysfunction and kill cancer cells and all the rest of it. Like, as, as a doctor, that's quite hard for me to um, promote or get, get my head around because I think that kind of messaging can have a dangerous side, as I'm sure you can imagine. When you see all these different claims online, well, how, how do you how do you approach it? Well, the louder the claim, the further I back away. My, uh, <laughs> yeah. my first policy. Um, we were talking about mechanisms um, yeah. before. You know, the turmeric does this, and the gut it does this to the circulation. And these are the these are very plausible mechanisms for improving some of the things you just mentioned. I mean, you know, we talk about dementia now as diabetes th uh, three. You know, uh, um, type three diabetes um, because the link between dementia and metabolic problems is increasingly clear we know that turmeric does get to some of the mechanisms that get to your brain when you're when it's beginning to break down with alzheimer's or dementia so there's there's a plausibility there uh, we know that erectile dysfunction is a circulatory problem we know that turmeric does get to the small blood vessels so there's a mechanism there so none of that is ruled out but this, that's not the same as saying, I'm going to sell you the supplement for your erectile dysfunction yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's all in the, there's lots of steps along the way. Yeah, yeah. There are plausible indirect mechanisms that can support some of what people might think around it, but it's, it's quite hard to dive into the literature and actually find ratified evidence for some of these yeah. um, practices and it's partly because people aren't looking can't haven't been paid to look because all yeah. these things are very expensive yeah. and we can all wish for and do wish for a much more robust research policy which looks at some of the things we've been talking about yeah more closely but you know there's not a pattern to be got out of turmeric yeah uh, there might be if you made a nanopharmacological preparation yeah but um turmeric itself is cheap as houses and cheap as chips, shall we yeah. say, and uh, no one's going to make a bean by putting millions of pounds into a clinical trial.
Yeah. Right? And this is a government policy. Yeah. So we're always going to be short of good research. So I come back to the fact that, you know, people like myself actually see patients and use these things and see changes, sometimes dramatic changes, sometimes overnight, uh, or certainly in the short term. Um, and, you know, for a moment, that's all we can do. Uh, but, yeah, I avoid the loud claims mm. simply because it's mostly hot air. Yeah, yeah. In terms of... The, the selection of other herbs and spices that we have out there, obviously Temek's having a moment because it's relatively well-researched compared to everything else. There's tons of studies on it. Um, lots of people are excited about the supplement as it relates to cancer prevention, bowel cancer. Um, uh, and Bowel and cancer, by the way, there's there really is strong pointers and it comes back to what, the fact that that's where it's working mm. and also the effect on the bile, which is one of the co-carcinogens in bowel cancer. Gotcha, yeah. So are there other herbs or spices that we've sort of like forgotten about that you want to pump up, so to speak? Yeah, well, absolutely. Get, get yes. people sort of as excited <laughs> Let's about? Let's pump up, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, ginger always steps up right okay. ahead. The uh-huh. most valuable commodity in human history, weight for weight, is oh, really? being dry ginger. Yeah, Really? That's oh, one wow. of the reasons why the Brits and the Portuguese and the uh, French and uh, the Spanish all headed off uh, was to find the spices and ginger being the top one. And you know, I think I told you this last year, but it was made extinct in the wild 2,000 years ago. So all the ginger we've had ever since has had to be grown from rootstock because it doesn't seed itself anymore. Um, that is because even 2,000 years ago, people realised how valuable it was and they just plundered it. So ginger is right up there at the top of the tree in terms of just a wow factor. Uh, and it's hot and it gets the circulation going and it fights, helps you to fight uh, viral things simply because of that. Um, my favourite, as I said earlier, my favourite um, uh, uh, remedy for a common cold is ginger with cinnamon mm. uh, as a tea. Hit straight away. No, it instantly which leads us on to cinnamon, which is the other big fella, and a lot of work on metabolism, on blood sugar, and all those other things coming in. A uh, couple of ones hiding in the shadows. My personal favourite is cardamom. It's in the same category as warming spice, but it's traditionally used particularly for when you're feeling run down in here, in, in your digestion. You've been ill for a while, you're fatigued, you need a bit of building. Um, cardamom just piles in the warmth and the support and it does all the sort of thing I'm pretty sure it does what we've been saying about turmeric as well works on the microbiome so you know plug for cardamom Uh, nigella the black seed um, is one that's used in Arabic uh, cultures a lot Uh, you see that uh, that in food Um, that is a lot of evidence actually to show uh, effects on inflammation, on circulation, and so on. Uh, saffron, very valuable, of course, and expensive, but you don't need much of it. Mm-hmm. Um, another yellow yeah. in your meal. Um, quite a lot of evidence show for that too. N- Nigella seed I use a lot actually in cooking. Yeah. Wonderful flavour, yeah. aromatic, not too spicy for people. But who... hardly anyone knows about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. know. It's so a you sort big of... it up too. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a sort of <laughs> flavour that people can't put their finger on but they recognize and they're like there's something about this dish or preparation or whatever it is um that is nice 
it's almost sweet. Yes. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's not many people know how to use it. Let's, let's have a Nigella campaign. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got a nice name. We've got a nice chef to confront yeah, that one. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, uh, so that's and fenugreek I mentioned earlier, yeah. which is not so much a spice; it's almost a food. But it's uh-huh. um, again, it's got spice qualities. It's got uh-huh. that flavour, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so that's up there. Uh, cumin, mm-hmm. again, Middle Eastern, uh, Persian, uh, and India are also uh, widely used. I love that flavour, mm. but also stepping up to be quite a powerful remedy. You know, I think if you just look at the spice cupboard, you're going to find yeah, potential yeah. almost anywhere there. Are there um, particular spices that you use for people who experience bloating? I mean, obviously there are plenty of different reasons as to why people might experience bloating or digestive discomfort, you know, ranging from the severe and the red flags of, mm-hmm. you know, growths and, mm-hmm. and uh, inflammatory disorders down to, you know, you've eaten too fast or you've been eating and walking uh people don't realize that they don't chew their food properly you know sometimes swallowing it's very, air. Yeah, yeah and swallowing air and, and or like you know eating disturbed and like you know watching yeah. tv and stuff which i'm guilty of as well sometimes um are there certain preparations with herbs or spices that you use for for, for those common complaints well one of the ones we haven't mentioned already uh, one of the ones that is particularly used for colic and gas and so on we got is fennel yeah and indeed in China, they use high doses of fennel for quite severe gut problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you need to be careful about having it too much too because there's some downsides of having a lot of fennel too often and too much. But, you know, for average consumption, go for it. What, what's the downside of that? Uh, well, it's got a carcinogen in it, um, which, you know, people have tut-tutted about various regulatory agencies that uh, is one that's quite commonly encountered in food, um, estragol, but it's, you need a lot of fennel for a lot of time. So we're slightly cautious about saying, taking bucket loads of it, Okay. but in the ordinary everyday consumption, no one's going to limit your con- use of it in cooking and so on. So like and certainly for short-term use, if you've got a bloating, yeah, just if you know you can buy a fennel tea bag i'm you know i obviously mentioned pucker and <laughs> death, but there are other brands available yeah. um make a tea uh, not one try one see if that feels good because whenever you're trying a herb or spice or tea no one can tell you what how good it's going to be until you've tried it yourself because everyone is different um so try the fennel if it feels good with one tea bag Leave it in for 15 minutes, by the way, because you really want to draw. 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. at least, because uh-huh. you want to draw out the goodness. Gotcha. But then if one feels okay, then put two. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for Pucker to say, yeah, add three. <laughs> <laughs> but you might need to build up the dose a bit. Could you just use fennel seeds, crush them, yes, and pestle and mortar? Yeah. And, yeah, if you get the seeds, use a little mortar, pestle yeah. thing, just so you bruise them a bit. Yeah. If you don't have one of those, just roll with a rolling pin or bash them with a spoon, just so you crack the seeds a bit, yeah. just so that it gets the goodness out of them. Okay. Uh, we talked about individual differences. I mean, we haven't mentioned chili, which, mm. of course, is not Asian. It's North American. Mm. And inter- interestingly, it was Columbus who thought he was taking a shortcut to the Spice Islands, who bumped into America uh-huh. and saw another spice which they hadn't found before, KN, uh-huh. chili. Uh, and people, very, you know, there's a, it's a Marmite, isn't it? So some people like yeah. it, some people really can't take it. Yeah. Um, and often it's the stomach that says, mm-mm, mm. don't want this. 
And if you want, you if you know you're one of those, don't go there. Mm. But if you can take a bit of chili, if you like a bit of cayenne um, or paprika, which is the gentler form, that can really make a difference to gas and really? bloating. Yeah. yeah right. But again, it depends on whether it suits you. Yeah. Or not. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I haven't heard of that one. Yeah. I, I know what you mean. Like we've got a number of recipes on our app that have cayenne pepper in. Simple. Some people absolutely love it. Other people can't even take a half teaspoon of it. You know, and for a serving of three or four people, and we we get some messages like, "Oh, I use the cayenne; it's way too yeah. much." No, when I'm talking with patients, they I'll say, "Do you like spices?" And they'll say, "No, that's too." And I say, "No, not, not chili. I meant I meant the other ones. Yeah, yeah, the more aromatic, the softer ones." And they will agree that even a bit of ginger is fine. It's, yeah. it's chili that they mean when they talk about the spice. What about some of the softer ones like rosemary and sage and basil? The, the herbals. And, yeah, yes. the herbals. Yeah. Yes. Well, there interestingly, there's much less evidence oh, for them. Really? Oh, rosemary really? is one that's sort of standing up a bit. Uh-huh. And remember a shape. Shakespeare said rosemary for remembrance. Mm. He had Ophelia say that in Hamlet. And that was reflecting a long tradition of everyone knowing that it went to your brain because all you have to do is smell it for heaven's sake. You know, you just crush a leaf and the the, the oil, the aroma seems to go straight to your head. And there's evidence to show that's exactly what it does. So it's a very promising remedy for cognitive problems and we've actually i was involved i set up a clinical trial looking at rosemary for cognitive in elderly people in in the usa oh wow and uh it, it was a there was a few methodological problems we didn't quite get the dosing right but there was quite a trend that people perform better on their sort of high-speed tests and yeah. so on with taking the rosemary than not. And there's more support of that coming in. So we can think of rosemary for the for, for the brain. Yeah. Uh, in Eastern Asia, uh, sorry, Eastern Europe, uh, they use it for the liver. Uh, and there's quite good reasons for, to think that too. Um, and, uh, you know, increasingly I use it when there is sort of some circulatory inflammatory issue it seems to be quite a promising one so rosemary definitely uh, time we usually think of most for coughs and reducing uh, tight children particularly mm-hmm. coughs very good for that uh, again another digestive remedy but the evidence again is a bit scanty very okay. scanty yeah sage we think of for the throat and sometimes uh, women find it helpful going through the change. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh, in terms of the preparations for those, uh, in my head, I'm, th- I'm thinking of the easiest way, which is get some hot water and dunk in your, your leaves yeah. uh, or your stalks or whatever, swish them around for a few minutes and then drink more the- than a few minutes. Yeah. more. Than a few- <laughs> is that, and is chop, that and chop them up finely as well? Okay. Chop them up finely. Yeah. Okay. Because uh-huh. you want to get the stuff out from the leaf. Don't okay. you? So if you put a whole branch in there, you, yeah. it's not going to get it. So you chop it up finely uh-huh. um, and you soak it for a while. And how much are we talking? A couple of stalks or? Well, the old fashioned approach used to be an ounce in the old, old language, yeah. uh, an ounce of dried herbs to a pint of hot water. An ounce of dry herbs to a pint of this. And that sounds like quite a bit. That's quite a bit. Yeah, that and is. And we sometimes refer to that as heroic dose. Yeah. <laughs> because you're meant to eat that in a day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. That's what we, when you really want the health benefits to shine through. Okay. It's a, it's a good point. You know, uh-huh. in the old days, we didn't have ambulances and hospitals and men in white coats or women in white coats or dungarees rushing around <laughs> taking a temperature. You had, 
you were on your own in a farmhouse somewhere mm. and you got ill, you needed to fix it. Mm. You know, otherwise, you, you weren't going to get through. So heroic doses are what you needed to move from today to tomorrow. So those are the heroic doses, an ounce to a pint per day. <laughs> um, yeah, so back down from there. So we've got a few sort of t- tips for people who are having bloating issues with fennel uh, and, and the like. If I'm trying to create a tincture to take before I do a podcast, let's say, and I want to make sure that I'm on top of my game and I'm firing on all cylinders and I'm cognitively aware, rosemary sounds like a go-to. Put that in there. Anything else? Well, that obviously, recommend? if you can find a space in tincture without staining it to put the turmeric in yeah, there. Yeah, get turmeric, yeah. <laughs> uh, If you're feeling at all under the weather, you know, tired, knackered, cardamom I'd always okay. put in there. Yeah, it makes it taste nicer as well. Uh, I think you should start a product um, that's got all this stuff in, and we know. should shout from the rooftops. It's going to kill this, that, <laughs> and the other, and completely, uh, uh, completely deny everything. We've yeah, just been yeah, saying. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that sounds great. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try my hand at creating some um, rosemary-based tinctures. Uh, but seriously, Ruby, the yeah. the thing about all of this is that it is at hand. Uh huh. Anyone can do this uh-huh. for very little money. Mm. You don't, and you can gather your rosemary just by walking through any park. You can find rosemary yeah. there. Um, uh, these things are cheap. You can do them yourself, like everybody did in the old days. You don't need to pay shed loads. Yeah, on yeah. subs. Actually, it reminds me. I uh, I was walking back from the supermarket just a few weeks ago, actually, and I bought a bunch of herbs. One of them is rosemary. And I walked back through the park and there was a rosemary bush that I found. <laughs> and I literally paid like 80p for like the small bag of yeah, rosemary. And actually, I should have, there's a huge Well, don't bush let the there. park keeper see you. But, yeah, yeah. And to remember. And don't get the ones near the floor. Near the, the floor. I was going to say the dog like, effect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah above dog height. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This has been brilliant. Look, uh, I, I love your work. I love the campaign that you're putting together to get more herbs and spices into people's diet. I think it's a really important uh, um, oversight that we've had on, on improving the nutrient density of, of meals. Um, so yeah, like uh, I look forward to having more of these chats in the future well, where hopefully we can catch up on, on where you're at with that. Well, as I usually say, why am I doing this? It actually makes everything more fun. Yeah. It makes food more fun. It certainly makes healthcare more fun. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Good stuff. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Doctor's Kitchen Podcast. Remember, you can support the pod by rating on Apple, follow along by hitting the subscribe button on Spotify, and you can catch all of our podcasts on YouTube if you enjoy seeing our smiley faces. Review show notes on the doctorskitchen.com website and sign up to our free weekly newsletters where we do deep dives into ingredients, the latest nutrition news, and of course, lots of recipes by subscribing to the Eat, Listen, Read newsletter by going to thedoctorskitchen.com forward slash newsletter. And if you're looking to take your health further, why not download the Doctor's Kitchen app for free from the App Store? I will see you here next time. Mom 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.